0: Hello welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host, Matthew Roberts, and this is Series 3, Episode 31 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you once again for joining us today as we continue with our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials, covering January the 25th to January the 31st, Doctrine and Covenants Section 6-9, to This is the Spirit of Revelation. And today we're going to continue with Doctrine and Covenants Section 6 and conclude that today, Looking at how Heavenly Father speaks to me through the spirit of truth, but also a few other um, things we learn from this section, because there is just so much uh, within here. Now, we left off yesterday uh, around verse 19 and um, Oliver Cowdery then has the Lord speak to him further about revelation and about how he is able to come to know the truth of the work that he is engaged in. Uh, In verse 22, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, if you desire a further witness, cast your mind upon the night that you cried unto me in your heart, that you might know concerning the truth of these things. And then in verse 23, it says, Did I not speak peace to your mind concerning the matter? What greater witness can you have than from God? Now, there is something which we need to remember from the context that we shared on Tuesday's episode two days ago. Oliver Cowdery did indeed pray to ask the Lord for a divine witness of the truth of this work before he even met Joseph Smith. If you remember, he prayed, uh, you know, in the Smiths, in the senior Smiths' home when he was staying with them, and he received a witness um, through a vision and through peace that came to his to, to his mind and his heart that this work was true, and he was. In to be involved in it, if he desired so, and that's what led him ultimately to go down uh, to meet visit with Joseph Smith and begin a an, an acquaintance with him. Now, obviously, I mentioned in that episode that Oliver Cowdery had not mentioned this vision uh, to anyone, and yet, um, and he, he he simply recorded it uh, in his own memoirs. But then, of course, when Joseph Smith receives this revelation from the Lord about. How he's already received a witness, you know, he already had peace spoken to his mind. Remember that um, experience. Of course, Oliver knows that this is the Lord speaking to him because Joseph Smith could not have known this. And how many times in your life have you had moments where either you've been you've been given a blessing, perhaps, or something has been said, and maybe a patriarchal blessing, or you know, or whatever. You know, the, the the opportunities we have to commune with with our Heavenly Father through priesthood ordinances, um, how many times have we recognised that you know this is the Lord's work? There is no way that something that was said or something that was done could have been done without his hand in it, knowing us personally. Um, it is really just a matter of building further faith. But what's interesting here is that Oliver Cowdery receives this witness after he's already gone and sought an, an initial witness. Uh, and so again, we have to have that desire to seek personal revelation, we have to ask for it, but we also need to remember the the answers we have been given. I don't think the Lord upbraids us, and we know in James one five he doesn't. He it says that he upbraids us not, and this is not an upbra- an upbraiding from the Lord. I think to Oliver Cowdery, but what it is is an answer, an answer which points toward a previous answer that he has already re- already received. And I'm sure there's times with some people where you've prayed about the Book of Mormon to know if it's true, and then a thought has come to you. And I've heard this many times from some members who, perhaps, feel that they haven't had the you know the the one-off event of the the burning in the bosom, the the immense like joy and witness that the Book of Mormon is true. There are many members that haven't felt that, but yeah, I hear a number of them when they when when I ask them, "Well, how how do you know it's true?" Then they say, "Well." Oh, and I prayed about it, I was struggling with it. I just was I knew like I just in my heart and my mind, I, I was just told I've always known. and that's a, another that's another way we can see, we receive personal revelation. and this is why you know President Nelson's invitation to us in the in, this, in the last year or so to, to learn how we hear him is such an important invitation. And I'm glad that you know as we continue with this discussion about revelation through this week, that this is something I actually picked out in my book, which was so important with our children, is not just teaching them about the Holy Ghost and how we can feel the Holy Ghost, but that, that 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 how they feel the Holy Ghost may well be very different to us. They need to come to know how they feel the spirit in their heart and in their mind. And I think that that is one of my greatest um, goals, really, as a father, is to help my children understand this, that revelation is personal. That's why we call it personal revelation. We cannot teach, I mean, we can teach guides as to how to receive it, but we still can't even give an exact way to receive it because again, some of us feel the spirit through different ways and in different means and in different times. And we also can't say how we feel it exactly because we all feel it in different ways as well. But for a surety, we know when we feel it, uh, that it is the spirit. Um, now, uh, in verse 25, Oliver has promised that he will be given a gift if he's desires to translate. And we'll talk about a, a bit about that in Doctrine and Covenants 8 and 9, because that goes into more detail. Um, but um, just to skip ahead a little bit more. In verse 32, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, as I said unto my disciples, where two or three are gathered in, together in my name, as touching one thing, behold, there will I be in the midst of them. Even so am I in the midst of you. This is a wonderful promise. Imagine to Oliver Cowdery and Joseph Smith that even when there's only the two of them at this point in this room doing this work, the Lord is with them. Uh, and I'm sure that was an immense comfort and hope for them. President M. Russell Ballard said this, quote, "'My message to you today, my brothers and sisters, is simply this. The Lord is in control. He knows the end from the beginning. He has given us adequate instruction that if followed, will see us safely through any crisis.' His purposes will be fulfilled and someday we will understand the eternal reasons for all of these events. Therefore, today we mustn't be careful to not overreact, nor should we be caught up in extreme preparations. But what we must do is keep the commandments of God and never lose hope. Close quote. A lovely timely reminder, especially in um, you know the world's events that we are going through at this stage, that the Lord is in control. You know, he is, his hand is is there ready to support and lift us. Of course, you know, he is not the cause of these these events that are happening, but he is there to support us through them, for we have to go through these trials in life uh, to, to learn and to grow. And I certainly think that, you know, whilst many of us have struggled through this pandemic, we will look back uh, and see that we have grown in ways that we could never have imagined. I certainly feel that. Um, he, carry, he carries on. And in verse 34, further words of encouragement and comfort and saying, therefore, fear not, little flock. Do good. Let earth and hell combine against you. For if you are built upon my rock, they cannot prevail. I mean, these these are wonderful verses, absolutely wonderful verses. And you just think, you know, this Joseph Smith could not have conjured these words up by himself. You know, it's from the Lord. President Henry B. Arring said this in his quote, in a season of increasing tumult in the world, those increases in testimony have driven out doubt and fear and have brought us feelings of peace. Heeding President Monson's counsel has had two other wonderful effects on me. First, the spirit he promised has produced a sense of optimism of what lies ahead, even as the commotion of the world seems to increase. And second, the Lord has given me and you an even greater feeling of his love for those in distress we have felt an, an increase in the desire to go to the rescue of others. That desire has been at the heart of present Monson's ministry and teaching. The Lord promised love for others and courage to the prophet Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery when the tasks ahead of them could have seemed overwhelming, close quote. I think we sometimes forget just what is going on in the mind of these two real people. These were actually living humans who experienced these things. And just imagine the, um, the trepidation. I mean, yeah. They're translating this book, but the things that they're translating, the, the implications of them have such a wide ranging impact. You know, the, the doctrines that they're learning as they translate each day are, in some cases, radical con, um, con compared to the, the doctrines of the time of of, regular, of of mainstream Christianity. But of course, through time, we've come to know of their truthfulness. Um And finally, in verse 36, I mean, there's wonderful words of comfort at the end of this um, section. And clearly, Oliver Cowdery was looking for this comfort and reassurance. He received further witness and then he received that comfort. In verse 36, it says, look unto me in every thought, doubt not, fear not. Um, Jean R. Cook said this, how clear Christ's question was to a sinking Peter after he had walked on the water. O thou little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? The moment Peter doubted and took his eyes off the Saviour, he severed himself from the power of Jesus Christ that had sustained him on the water. How many times likewise, as we have prayed for assistance or help with our problems, have we severed ourselves from the power of God because of doubt and fear, and thus could not obtain this enabling power of God. Close quote. The, Lord, the invitation to doubt not is, is, an, is an instruction. We are to, to live by faith. And obviously it's so difficult to continuously always have faith and optimism in our hearts because the the world is difficult, life is hard um, and temptations and trials beset us but the Lord has promised us that he will bring us through if we keep that connection with him and it's that connection, that word that I always seem to end up coming back to when I'm studying is connection is key with our Heavenly Father and our Saviour Jesus Christ and how do we keep that connection alive? We need to listen and learn and hear him or hear them, I should say. Thank you very much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed this study. Tomorrow, we're going to skip section seven. We'll come back to that at the end of the week and we'll continue with sections eight and nine for they delve further into the principles of revelation. And I cannot wait for that. Thank you for your time and and, and for you know taking part and listening to this. Please take further part by joining the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come and Follow Me, where you can share your thoughts I post something each day for people to have a think about, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on those things. And I'd love to hear more posts from members on that group as well. Members of the group, I should say. Not members are, of course, invited. Um, and also, please email ldsstudysession at gmail.com if you're interested in joining in a future podcast episode yourselves. Thank you for your time, and until we meet again.